We sit glued to the TV set all night And every night Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright We got nothing better to do Than watch TV and have a couple Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 268 On this episode, we've got some cancellation and renewal news And then we'll be talking about the fifth season finales of both Pretty Little Liars and The Walking Dead And then also recent episodes of The Flash, iZombie, Forever, uh, The Goldbergs, Grimm, and Once Upon a Time. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 268. I'm Jason the TVaholic from tvaholic.com, and this week I have joining me... Liz from Nice Girls TV. And Sandrine from TV Equals and Happy Cool. Thank you both for uh, joining me this week. Thanks for having us. Thank you. And uh, one quick announcement... In April, we're bringing on listeners to uh, come talk TV with us. And so if, if you'd like to join us, we normally record on Mondays around 6 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, so far, we've got one listener come, uh, going to join us, Carl Brand, who uh, you can find at My Vogue and Poetry on Twitter. Uh, we'll be joining Kyle and me uh, on, the, on the 13th. But uh, we also have the 20th with uh, myself and Amory, and then the 27th with myself and Ray. So if you'd like to come... Uh, talk TV with us, and uh, if you're ever listening and go, man, they're just so wrong on that, well, come on and tell us <laughs> what <laughs> what it is, and uh, send us an email at feedback at tvtimes3.com, and we'll figure out uh, which of the, the last couple of Mondays of April will work best. And with that, we'll uh, jump into the news. Uh, the first item on the list was uh, just announced, what, like this morning, I guess, as we're recording here on the uh, uh, Monday, March 30th, uh, Comedy Central has announced that Trevor Noah will take over The Daily Show with Jon Stewart when he leaves, whenever that is supposed to be, sometime relatively soon. Uh, either of you watched The Daily Show ever? No. I, I've watched it before, but I don't watch it on a regular basis, but I like it. Yeah, I don't, I don't watch it on a regular basis. I'm more of the when something percolates up <laughs> on video <laughs> the next day or something. From a from a bit or a or an interview or you know something that they went off on the the day before, you know watch some of those. But I'm not a I'm not a daily daily show watcher by any means. But interesting that they already have uh, announced uh, the new person and and the new person that's taking over apparently is only has only appeared on the show like a handful of times or something like that uh, since. Uh, since like December or something. So if, if you're a big watcher of, of comedy central, I would like to hear what your, uh, what your thoughts are on, on Trevor Noah taking over. He, Cause he seems to be of all the things that I've seen about it. That was a name that was never mentioned. I always liked that when <laughs> all the things of all the posts about, you know, who, these are some people, you know, from the show or from other places or the, we think would make a good daily show host. And, and then the person that, that ends up with the job is like nobody ever mentioned. That's always interesting. I think that's fun though. Cause it's like, you know, you have to bring in talent that maybe not everybody knows or just sometimes, sometimes it turns out to be the best thing. It could be really good. So uh, we have that to look forward to uh, at some time in the future. Uh, speaking of things to look forward to, uh, Fox is bringing back uh, the X-Files uh, with Woo-hoo! David Duchovny and Jillian Anderson. It'll be a six-ep event series. Uh, so that'll be coming at some point. As uh, 
old shows continue to <laughs> come back from the dead all over the place. You know, it's not just uh, you know Netflix reviving a show here or there or something. It's uh, various networks are are bringing things back. Also on the bringing and uh, on the bringing things back, NBC is bringing Coach back, starring Craig T. Nelson in the title role and uh, for uh, 13 episodes that have been ordered right straight back to series. So I give it three. (laughs) Well, (laughs) it'll probably get it. It'll probably get its 13 uh, (laughs) and, and make its run, but it'll be interesting to see uh, what it does. uh, Cause, and it's also an interesting idea. I mean, who knows? It could be good, but maybe they decided because uh, NBC's been trying to bring back their past or past sitcom stars. In this case, it was an NBC produced show, I, I guess, but it aired on ABC. But bringing back past stars in new, you know, in new roles, like they did with Michael J. Fox previously, and why am I blanking on his name? But uh, the guy from uh, Sean, whatever, from Will and Grace, various people they keep trying. So maybe they decided, well, it's not the bringing back old actors to, to, in new shows, or that's the problem. It's we need to bring them back in the exact same role they used to play. Maybe that'll be the difference maker. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I used to love watching Coach. It was one of my favorite shows, but I, it's just I don't see this working at all. I'll be honest, I hadn't even heard of the show until you brought it up. So, you know. <laughs> so sure, I mean, I'm, 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 I'll check it out and we'll see. If anything, it'll probably get previous, uh, you know, previous seasons of Coach will end up on like, you know, Amazon or Hulu or Netflix or something like that. And it'll, it'll bring that old show to the forefront for a little bit. But it'll be interesting to see if they can uh, make a go of it. Uh, also, on the sort of uh, good news front of things uh, uh, coming, history has renewed Vikings for a fourth season. Uh, either of you Vikings watchers? Yes. No. <laughs> but I'm behind on the latest season. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, like, I like to binge watch the show usually. So I, what happens is that I don't watch the season and then at the end of it, I just watch it all back to back. Yeah. Back to back. So once I start, I'm just like in Vikings mode. But yeah, it's really- I've got a couple of shows on the DVR right now that are sort of like piling up and I'm like, ah, well, it's only a couple of weeks till the finale. I'll just exactly <laughs> I'll just I'll just uh, watch it all over the weekend leading up to the finale episode and then I'll be all caught up. I feel like sometimes that's easier, like, you know, especially with shows like that. I'm just I just like to get the whole story. You know, I don't like to wait. Sometimes then I stop watching. So if I have everything, then I just watch it and it's like, yay, I'm done. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Some shows kind of work almost a little better in that format where you watch it in a shorter period of time. Some shows work better that way because it doesn't give you a chance to actually think about what's going on in the episode before you go to the next one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking about Once Upon a Time. (laughs) You don't want to sit around pondering that for a week between episodes. No, no. All right. And then uh, the last couple of things uh, sort of on the – the bad news front uh, for for fans of these shows, uh, HBO has canceled Looking after two seasons. Uh, and then also the creators of Downton Abbey announced that uh, 
it'll come to an end after the sixth season that they are in the middle of making right now. Uh, neither of which I watch, so. No. I, I watch Downton Abbey, but I don't watch Looking. I think, you know, I, fans of Downton Abbey will probably be uh, sad, but I think the creators in there, you know, when they said it was they were going to end it, was uh, they wanted to do that, the potential to go out while they're still sort of on top, where the show could live on for years without the there being that, as they said, that seventh, eighth, ninth, or tenth season where people started going, man, this show's really gone downhill. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you want to keep, you want to see them keep making it. Sometimes they're just not able to keep the same quality, or you know, they're not able to keep all the actors, uh, you know, and it, things change, and so. You know, sometimes it's not necessarily a bad idea uh, to go out, uh, but since they're choosing to go out, since they know, in this case, is they know they're going out, they can write to uh, some sort of uh, satisfying conclusion. And as we've you know seen with lots of other shows, or like Justified this season, when the writers know that they're going towards a conclusion, they really seem to pick things up, <laughs> and where they're not just continuing to, well, we got to do a story, but we also need to leave it open to keep going, you know, to try and keep yeah. going and come up with other stuff. They can really bring it to some sort of conclusion uh, story-wise. All right, that's the uh, that's the news, and we'll move on to the uh, primetime segment. A few more shows than normal this week, uh, but then some of the shows uh, only a couple of us have seen, so, so we added a couple extra shows to uh, talk about. Uh, first up, uh, Pretty Little Liars, Season f uh, 5, uh, Episode 25, uh, Welcome to the Dollhouse, uh, which was the season finale, which uh, for some reason uh, Liz and I are still watching. <laughs> yeah. I just watched Pretty Little Liars, uh, I think, two seasons ago or three seasons ago. <laughs> you know what? It I, I was going to. I think – Probably uh, one of the times that I was on the podcast with you, Jason, I said I was pretty much almost done. And then they picked it up and then they stepped it up and they got really, really good. And I mean, in my opinion, you know, I they sucked me back in and I was really, really enjoying it. Completely, totally enjoying it. <sighs> and then this happened. Oh, no. <laughs> Well, I think this is also one of those things that comes from it's it's sort of a a, a network thing where the network advertises a show and even though you know that they're advertising uh, the big A reveal you just know that since the show is not ending that you're likely not actually going to get uh, because of the way the show works that they're probably not going to tell you who A is even if like Maybe the rest of the show didn't know who it was or or something like that. And so you, 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 you kind of in the back of your mind are like, but they keep telling you. And so you're like, OK. And then they give you that the big reveal of A is that A is Charles. And all I can who? say is, who the hell is Charles? Who? What? <laughs> Charles? Who cares? Charles who? I don't care if who? you have a name. <laughs> Why are we supposed to care about Charles and who is he? And where has he been for five seasons? I have no idea. <sighs> you know, nobody knows the... of Charles. Like, not... <laughs> nobody knows him. There's never ever been even a remote reference, not even a hint, not even a clue. 
I don't the, care. Yeah, the I don't care what anybody says. Finally, is that is that the you know the the true a big bad in the show is a is a dude. <laughs> like I, yeah. like that's the that's as far as it 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 goes. Really, uh, you know, it was stupid. You know, <laughs> so it was just uh, yeah, it was just another thing. But yet, on the other hand. I mean, it it does it does change the show up that they've all been taken and now you know some of the police and other people besides just the girls seem to uh, be coming around that there's uh, more going on here. But it just it was just weeks of you know I mean we're talking like a month of yes. advertising that big A reveal and and I was totally sucked in and I'll tell you why. <laughs> Because even if they did reveal who A was, these writers were creative enough. They could have taken the show because, I mean, the the show was only going to go on for one more season. They could have taken that whole season and just, okay, so, you know, now what's going to happen? Now everybody knows who A is, you know, and it could be really, really good, but no. Give us a stupid person who no one's ever heard of before, no one cares about. And it was so – finding out that Ezra was A was more exciting and more jaw-jabbing than this. It was stupid. Well, that's the other thing about the show is like there's been it's, – it's always been weird in that there's been various A's, but it, I, I've never quite uh, got it. You know, totally in my head of like how how they connect with you know each other. Uh, have some been working for him? Have some been just sort of taking over the mantle for a while? Has this this person always been in the background? It's just a it's sort of a strange because that's that's the other part that's sort of you know s- sort of confusing after after all this time. But super it's just kind of super strange <laughs> on the whole. That that even would have been potentially interesting if there would have been some sort of where like one person figures out uh, who A is, or or even if just the audience figures out who A is, and then you have to you see them dealing with uh, you know whatever. Right, right. That would have made more sense. Because at least then you would have actually gotten something. This is. <laughs> This is yeah. a, this is pretty close to like the killing advertising all season long. Uh, vote for who you think did it online after every episode, and then not telling you who did it at the end of the season. You know, type <laughs> type of thing. You know, it's like not necessarily you know totally the the storyteller's fault uh, in in that you don't know how much uh, they had in how the how something is promoted. But yeah, making a big deal of it and then giving you something that means absolutely nothing it's sort of it's sort of just it's 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 like the show's all about jerking your chain but that's just like one jerk too much oh yeah <laughs> you know kind of thing and you should i i went on twitter after this episode aired and not surprising to anybody twitter blew up and they were <laughs> they were angry these people were angry. People who, like me, have watched it since the pilot episode, following it along. It was all fun when Ezra was revealed, even Mona. It was fun when, you know, I mean, it was fun when we all thought that Toby 
was A. And then you know, always just, and then we thought maybe Melissa was A. So, I mean, that was all fun. But when they turn around and say, oh, this is the big one. This is, this is the A. This is the one. Yeah. <laughs> and it was somebody that we've never even heard of. And then they try and backtrack and say, well, yes, there have been clues through since season one. Really? Where? Has anybody ever mentioned the name Charles ever? Because no. even when they figured out, like, was it Spencer comes up with the name Charles and he seems, or, you know, and it seems to, she, it seems to respond to that. Nobody goes <laughs> on the show, like, has any idea of how that's even helpful. Like <laughs> knowing a first name. Right. And so here's another question I have. Mona supposedly figured out something about Charles De Laurentiis because she left that cryptic message in her mirror, the one that the girls found. And suddenly she doesn't know who's who A is. Yeah. But also that was another thing that I get was, I mean, we saw that's that's the thing that they did in this show is they showed you what looked like Mona's dead body in the trunk of a car. And unless somebody pretended or somebody was kidnapping her and also decided to paint her ghostly white <laughs> while taking her away, I don't get that scene. Like, other than... Because the rest of it would have made sense. They, they showed you a body that made it think... So that you really thought she was actually dead... As opposed to, you know, most, you know, things on a show like this, where unless you see the body, you sort of expect for them to reappear. And so for her to reappear and it just seemed, yeah, it just seemed extra strange because you're just like, I don't, that didn't look like just somebody passed out. That looked like a dead body. You know, in, yeah, in I mean, and we don't have an explanation. We don't even have an explanation for that. We don't have her story yet of what happened because she, I mean, Mona obviously saw who it was unless the person was wearing that stupid mask and the wig that, you know, ultimately Mona was wearing. But we don't have that whole story of what happened in all that yet. Um, but I got to tell you, when we when we found out that Mona was staging her own death, and she told him Mike caught her and she told Mike, I knew, I, I knew she wasn't dead. I knew she was alive somewhere. So that wasn't a big reveal to me. It wasn't a big surprise to me. Yeah. I don't know that it was a big surprise. It was just a, it was just another part of the show that made me go, but they went extra links to make you think she was dead. As a, yeah. you know, like if she would have just dis if, if there had just been the bloody scene and you never saw the what looked like a dead body in the trunk being driven off, then you mm -hmm. would have it was like an extra thing they went to so that you would believe she was actually dead. Yeah. Uh, and and it that that's another thing that just seemed like an extra thing too far that doesn't I I can't I can't put with like, you know, what the uh I, I guess on the other hand she wasn't like Considering how bloody the scene was, she wasn't super bloody when she was in the trunk. So, uh, yeah, that, there's that too. <laughs> I, I don't know, but it still, still looked looked really dead. <laughs> uh, apparently, uh, drugged in such a way that uh, would make you appear more than even comatose. We may never know. Yeah, but but yeah, who really knows with uh, uh with that? Uh, but I think. Uh, that's probably enough rambling on about <laughs> Pretty Little Liars. 
<laughs> Sadly, you yeah, guys are I... not selling me on the show. Yeah. I can tell you. Yeah. Well, it's Don't one of those. Bother. Yeah. yeah, it's Don't probably bother. it's probably not worth the you know being one to catch up with, but it's also one that I feel like I'm sort of stuck with. It's like I've watched it this far, and there's only going to be, you know, it's it's not going to go much farther. So it just seems like to drop it now would be weird too. I don't know. I kind of feel that way too, Jason. I'm I'm in the same boat. You know, it's been five seasons. We're gonna get it. We're gonna get ten episodes of a sixth season. Probably nothing more than that. I wouldn't. But but I gotta tell you. Whereas before, I used to wait for Tuesdays. I was that hooked on this show. I used to wait for Tuesdays, and my family knew from seven to eight, don't talk to me. Well, actually, from seven to nine, because then there was Agents of Shield afterward. So, <laughs> just for two hours on Tuesday, my family knew don't talk to me. Now, when it comes back, I'll probably DVR it, and eh, whenever I get around to it, I'll watch it. But I'm not going to sit there like a fool. <laughs> Hanging on the edge of my seat for some stupid explanation of nothing. Uh, yeah, so probably. I'm still mad about it, tell. <laughs> uh, tell us what you really think, Liz. Uh, I know it's bad. I should shut up. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we'll move on to the next show on the list: uh, The Flash, uh, season one, episode sixteen, Rogue Time. Uh, and this one, Sandrine and I have both watched. So, Sandri, what did you think about the time travel and then where they went with sort of all the events that happened right before he traveled and then how those things go really badly for him, for him, but yet they're able to basically bring characters back from the dead because you're now, you know, a day before uh, and he does things that right. puts people off going down the same path. So. Uh, what did you think about how they how they worked with that? Well, I love the, the 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 previous episode that kind of sets up this episode, but because a lot of things that I thought were really great happened and it moved the story forward, but I feel like they kind of took a step back in this episode by undoing some of the things that happened in the episode, and I was like, "Oh, you're taking it all back!" Like that was just brilliant and i mean i enjoyed the episode i just i think i i, I just feel like they, they had such a great episode before it, it just felt kind of take back they just kind of took it back i've i've mentioned that before i mean not on this podcast but i've talked about that before that i really enjoy when shows kill off main characters and so i thought cisco's death as much as i like the character i was like no way this is awesome you know that they did it i was like whoa that took guts and then i was like oh no they just took it back yeah. they just made it so he didn't die and you know granted i like i said i love the character but i just feel like oh especially nowadays with shows like the walking dead and game of thrones you know, I just feel like it's playing its life a little bit. I love, I still enjoy the show, but I wish they had, they had done a little more to keep what had happened before in this episode. Yeah, well, you kind of could see that they couldn't keep everything because you know Caitlin would have been next on the hit list had, uh, had they they continued down that path. Uh, and I think it worked good to give you like final once and for all. Like he really is reverse flash and the one that you, you know, that you saw that there's not somehow like two 
of them. So it gave the the audience information, but it also felt like they did a bunch of big things like uh, Iris and yeah. them coming around, uh, Iris finding out that, that he's the Flash. That was and, brilliant. And all these things, and then... And then Cisco dying, and then and then you have where the next episode you just you know you yank all those things back, but then you also do it in such a way where she never at you know at the paper she never gets any of that info from her boss where she starts looking into things, and ultimately you know the boss goes missing, and by the end of it, at least you do have where Barry knowing some of what he knew, you know not everything that happened can kind of go he comes to the conclusion that you know <laughs> maybe the doc's not such a great guy after all so sandry what do you think though that at least while they did pull a lot of those things back they did leave it with barry having doubts about about the good doctor no i like that. i mean i like anything that kind of moves the story forward um i i do think that they do a really good job of having him being really like, why would they have doubts, you know, because he seems so nice, you know, especially when they're around him and he seems very helpful. So I like that, that, you know, you're not looking at it and thinking, oh, how can they not know? Like, you're like, no, I understand why they wouldn't suspect him. So it's nice that they kind of moved it a little past that and then moving forward. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's definitely been interesting. I they've they've brought a lot of things into the show <laughs> for a show about a speedster much faster than than I would have anticipated. <laughs> uh, I don't have like a lot of knowledge about the, you know, the comic book character, but you know that he, you know, he he has a whole bunch of different types of abilities including the ability, you know, to go back in time. And they kind of set that up in the where that was sort of a thought from fans of the of the comic, you know, from the very way they introduced the show. Uh, but it also seemed like something that like the first time that Barry actually goes back in time. Granted, it's an accident. It's not like he could do it whenever he wants or could hit a specific target or what have you. And he obviously sees now what potential problems there are with knowing where things went previously and then trying to uh, recreate some of those things, but also change some things, you know, how that can, uh, you know, mess things up. But to get to ex- episode 16 and that be actually the first time that you they actually show that that happen was really interesting. I I don't know, I'm used to I guess I'm used to even though I recently there's been a lot of shows that sort of you know like a vampire diaries or scandal or things like that that really do just churn through plot and story like almost like every 5 episodes or something like that at times. I guess I'm still sort of used to things taking a little bit longer for bigger things to happen. Uh, and this seems like a sort of a bigger event to have happen, you know, not in a season finale, but at, that's almost how this episode ended would almost, you would almost seem like Barry would come to this idea, like in the season finale and that's how it would end for the season. But no, we've got six more episodes <laughs> to see what, to see what happens, so who knows what they've got in store yeah. for uh, for that. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see how it ends. All right, uh, that's the Flash. We'll move on to the next show on the list, uh, which is I Zombie, uh, season one, episode two. Brother, can you spare a brain? And uh, this one we've all watched, 
And uh, it's uh, Liz's new favorite show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and it's surprising me, too, because I don't like zombies. I don't like anything having to do with zombies. I don't watch The Walking Dead. I don't care. I, I don't do zombies. But this is just so cute. Plenty of vampires, but no zombies. Yeah, I can't. I just can't. <laughs> you know, I could take it so far. But she's cute. <laughs> she's so adorable. And I loved the episode so far. And it's, you know, it's Rob Thomas. And, you know, I'm just a big fan of his because, you know, Veronica Mars. Who wouldn't? You know, it just seems and it feels very Veronica Mars-ish. Yeah, I call it uh, I call it a combination of uh, Veronica Mars, True Calling, and Chuck. Yeah, <laughs> because it basically has the same setting as True Calling, which is a former med student uh, working in a morgue. Now, uh, in True Calling's case, she got premonitions. She wasn't actually eating any portion of them <laughs> that helped, uh, you know, either solve their death or you know do what have you. But then also the later seasons of Chuck ability that, uh, you know, when she eats a brain, she takes on the persona of somebody, including any abilities that they happen to have, <laughs> uh, like being an artist. Or <laughs> I like when she sort of takes over the drawing of from the sketch artist. She's like, no, it's like this. The no should be more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just walks out. Get it. Here, you do it. <laughs> But I, I like that. I also I, I really like that aspect of the show because it gives it basically gives her like two characters to play. It gives her sort of her her new zombie persona where she's not what she used to be, but she's you know trying to be and then has to mix in whatever sort of seeps in from whoever brain she's eaten. Yeah. And since you you don't necessarily know <laughs> Uh, what type of person anybody was, you know, like in the first episode, all of a sudden she becomes a klepto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I uh, can't seem to stop taking things uh, from every place that she goes. But uh, I, I, I really like that. And then it has the, you know, sort of the mystery aspect and the, you know, the, uh, the sort of humor of Veronica Mars. You know, going for it, so that's that's where I come in with that sort of mesh of uh, three shows. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I I really like it too. It's <laughs> it's just a it's just a lot of fun. <laughs> How about you, Sandrine? Yeah, I, I like it. I don't like it as much as Liz likes it, but I like it. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's fun. It's it's a very um, relaxing and cute show. But I I'm not you know, over the moon about it. I'm not like, oh, zombie is the best movie, best show ever. But it's it's definitely something that I enjoyed. I've watched, I think, four, four or five episodes so far. So it's nice. Yeah, I've seen the first four, but I rewatched the second one, so I would make sure not to mention anything that didn't <laughs> right. I was, I was like, oh, <laughs> that didn't happen in exactly. Uh, but right. this one, we also got the introduction of the other, right? You know, sort of the other zombie, right? And. uh but then also, you know, the beginnings of, you know, he's up to no good. You know? <laughs> yeah, but that was like it, when we did it, like there were tons of interviews about it. Like I interviewed the cast at Comic-Con about it and they were talking about who he was already. So I don't think that was a big secret. 
But I think as you know, they they start to they don't really they don't give you the full on exactly what he's doing in this episode, but they give you the beginnings of and they don't show wise, they don't try and and make it seem like he might be a good guy for a while. They pretty much let you know. Yeah, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> that he's he's probably that 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 lives probably it's probably good that he, she doesn't trust him from the <laughs> from the get go, you know. And and I, I I just think it's funny that her name is Liv Moore, but that's <laughs> <laughs> and and, the, and that she's dead. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but that's the type of humor that I like. So you know, the yeah. show really works for me. Uh, but yeah, it has you know a little bit of that uh, you know the, the snarkiness, but it also I think it'll be fun to watch her be able to you know get to do something new with each episode. Uh, yeah, it's it's almost I mean, you can almost throw a little like dollhouse uh, into it where somebody has to play a sort of a new persona. This is not you right. know a fully new persona, but uh, where you're having to mesh it in with what. Uh, uh, but I just like the whole stuff where she starts becoming like into jazz and and painting yeah. and like <laughs> and like people are just and looking she, at her. I like, weird. How she, I like how she moves into it subtly too. It does. It's not something that bam, there she is. You know. Yeah. Just all of a sudden, just little by little, just kind of a little take take over here and there, and it was just I like the way they do that because you almost I don't know to me I, I almost even though you know it's going to happen you, you don't know when so I almost don't see it coming until yeah. it's you don't even realize it's happening until it's bam in front of you, yeah. you know? or some of it doesn't happen until she actually something sparks a vision. Of, yeah, or memory in this case, you know, a memory of what had happened, and so like after uh, she sees that the you know the guy w- was unfaithful to his wife or whatever, <laughs> and her explanation of like <laughs> what was going on and how, and the, you know the the more sensual language that she uses to, <laughs> to start explaining things, and he's just. <laughs> It's uh, hilarious. I, I, he called. I can't remember. He called it like Fifty Shades of something. I can't remember what uh, you know uh, with, uh, of, of the explanation. But but yeah, there was just a there's just a lot of that type of fun stuff in there uh, that uh, you know I'm I'm definitely on board to 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 continue watching. Uh, you know, with the with the show, and uh, you know, it's I think it's one which it's worth checking if you like sort of the a more fun humor more almost even <laughs> i mean you can also throw in like a little bit of like psych into it because she's playing a fake psychic yeah, so that sure she can enough. play off her her fake <laughs> visions i mean there's so many shows that i like before that ha- this show has like some combination of true uh, and it, it it has the you know the humor and action and and stuff uh you know Especially, you know, and any time you never know, like what's going to trigger her going into what she calls full zombie mode. Yeah. And uh, you know, <laughs> where uh, in, in this case, you know, she breaks the guy's nose, and the previous one, she's she's taking a bullet and also riding on top of a guy's car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I love just when a, she's working with. I love when she's working with the cop. I love the the Cagney and Pasty yeah. dynamic. <laughs> I'm I'm interested to see where they go with it in future episodes because it looks like they're playing it as she develops these things while she continues to eat the brain 
but they tend to falter off when she stops eating. So it seems to me that like there could be a case like later on where he'd be like, don't you speak Romanian? <laughs> because she did at one time, yeah. but she doesn't necessarily anymore. And so I'm interested to see how that, that type of stuff, uh, uh, how they work with that going forward, because it, it doesn't seem that they're playing it as that some of these abilities sort of take hold permanently or, you know, they, they become accessible <laughs> like uh, once, once they're there. Yeah, we don't know. It looks like she loses that stuff after a while or maybe Because in, in this episode, she talks about, you know, she goes back to eat more of the brains because she likes the feeling that she, you know, she hasn't really been feeling anything. And so yeah. now, even though she's not feeling necessarily the way she used to, she was feeling something. And so uh, she wanted to keep that. And so they have it explicitly said or shown or whatever, but it seems to be that if you're losing the memories and you're losing the, the sort of the feelings and some of the persona of how that person acts, that you're also losing any gain of knowledge or abilities that, uh, that they've, uh, you know, like you're not, you don't just automatically continue to know Romanian <laughs> necessarily, right. you know, for forever, like that doesn't necessarily stick around or something, or she's not always going to be able to paint or draw uh, in a, yeah. in, a, in a future episode or something. So uh, I'm interested to see how those type of things play out with the cop and his, like he's willing to go with the, cause he needs to, you know, he's a rookie detective. He needs to solve some cases. And so he's kind of willing to go with whatever. I'll get him uh, some answers and be able to get him some, get him to be able to solve some cases but if he's actually a good detective at some point, he's going to go, what's the deal here? Yeah. Somebody's got to figure it out besides just, you know, guys she works with. But I did also like that, that they did give her somebody that knows and was just like <laughs> perfectly yeah. fine with it, like right from the beginning. Not yeah. that she was also trying to hide it from, uh, you know, her boss too or whatever. Yeah, it's just a comfortable kind of easygoing kind of show. I think I feel like it's just, it's just there. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, it's a it's a fun, you know, it's a it's a it's a fun show. I think just uh, you don't. Yeah, I mean, you, it's not something that you can't just like not pay attention to, you know, because you got to be paying attention a little bit to get the jokes or the or stuff. But you know, there's also a, uh, you know some of the interactions between people <laughs> and how she's acting. And her trying not to, you know, sort of realizing that this is uh, like in the interview where she can't seem to take her eyes off the, you know, the model next to her. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's sort of weirding the cop out even even more during the during the interview. But, yeah, definitely. I think it's definitely a, a fun one worth a, worth checking out. Only a couple episodes to go back and catch up on if you haven't been watching. But uh uh, worth checking out. And with that, we'll move on to the next show on the list, which is uh, Forever. Uh, that's not how long we're going to talk about it. That's the actual show title. Yeah. Uh, it's season one, episode 18, uh, Dead Men Tell Long Tales. And uh, this is another one that uh, Liz and I have been watching. And mm -hmm. uh, the main thing I was interested in is what you think about how so many of the cases that we've got here in, you know, we're 18 episodes in, so that's basically 18 cases. How many of them have actually touched on something from his history? While I know that that's fun to 
right and interesting. It just seems that in a period, <laughs> this short period of time, uh, that this many things would be attached to somebody that he knew, somebody that he operated on when they were a kid that was now like 60 years old. Uh, or in this last one, it tied directly into uh, the ship he was on when he he got shot and died the first time and 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 got his mortality. I mean, I kind of like where they went with it with the you know the other immortal on the show uh, telling him that he his that his idea is that the only way you can die is to be killed by the thing that started it all. Right uh, is is interesting, but what do you think about how many things have been so closely attached to uh, his past? You know, it doesn't bother me because I think I mean his story has to be told, and rather than you know have some boring episodes that just talk about Henry's past and you know what he did and all those years that he's been alive, the different things that he's done, they got to do something to make it interesting. Otherwise, you know, I. I, I probably wouldn't have kept watching. I would have been bored. So I actually like that it ties into what he's doing in the in the now. Um, it's kind of inevitable that he'd run across some people that he knew. He's living in the same area. He hasn't, you know, he hasn't moved away. But I don't know. It, it's not bothering me. It's not really distracting me. I feel like they had to do it that way. I'm not a very creative person, though, so... Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think there is, you know, something uh, like that. I, it just seems that maybe because sometimes the stories are, you know, where something from his past sort of parallels what something that he's going through now, mm-hmm. and it shows that, uh, you know, how he uses some of his past to, you know, help him do his job now. I don't know. It just seemed a little weird that uh, that like a, a third of the cases that we've seen <laughs> seem to tie in almost directly to somebody that he knew or 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 something like that and i I don't know that just seems like i don't know a little too close you know especially when some of them are i I don't know it's just uh, i mean i've liked the show so far and i tend to like these sort of you know procedural murder mysteries that have a little something extra and so Mm -hmm. having this sort of other backstory and thing to uh, uh to work with is good. The only other thing that bothers me about his character is that he has no, I, it doesn't, it, it, I don't find it plausible that he would have absolutely no knowledge of present day pop culture over the last 20 years of, <laughs> of anything. Anytime the guy mentions a movie or like, or even something, even if you've never gone to the movies, you think you may have heard of Indiana Jones or something, you know, type of thing. Uh, it just, that, that aspect of it seems to be weird because he uses his knowledge of, from his past of, you know, where, you know, whether music or, or, you know, his medical history and, and all those types of things. And he knows a lot about like all these obscure things and you see him reading the newspaper it, you know, they show him like with his son reading the newspaper in the mornings and stuff like that. And you're just like, really? Every time, every time they mention something that's more pop culture-ish, he has no clue. Uh, well, I that, could believe that. I don't know. I, it I, sort of bothers me a little bit. I could believe it, though. But there's a lot of people even today. There's for reals. There's a lot of people who have no clue. 
um, about pop culture because they're just they're just not interested. He, Henry knows a lot about what I guess he's, he's gone pretty through. Focused on his, his like research he, on trying to figure out why he can't die. He has, and that's that's it right there. You know, he's not the knowledge that he has in music is is what he likes. He didn't know anything about jazz. Yeah, that's I mean, that's true. But he, it it wasn't that. Uh, it wasn't really that he didn't know. It was just that he didn't really care for it. Uh, but there seem to be some things where he knows things of the day and is able to like tell you something, you know, some sort of how this hooks to some historical thing fifty or a hundred years ago. But yet, it seems that at some point in like the last twenty years, he just stopped paying attention to anything around him. Uh, and, well, I mean, that could have been boredom too. I mean, I guess you know? I don't know. It, it just, it almost just feels like they, like they needed another thing, sort of like Bones not not having any on Bones. She has no pop culture knowledge really because she spent all her time uh, just studying or whatever and not really paying attention to those other things. But I don't know for some reason with the way that they use his, you know, he's supposed to. He's lived for a couple hundred years, and he's using past knowledge of things. And then there seems to be these, not always totally pop culture, but but more things that have happened uh, recently that he doesn't seem to know about. And it, it does feel weird that, he, to me, it just feels like there's a, a gap that he stopped paying attention just so that they could play with these jokes about him not knowing what the heck they're talking about. Hmm. I don't know. That's just the way it comes off to be. But other than that, uh, I, I I really enjoy the the show from for for the most part uh, of, of how they've worked uh, the stuff in. I think that this character is a is a tailor made character for Young Griffiths. That's for sure. I don't think that anything he's done on television so far has fit as well, and or that he's done as well as this one. It just seems more comfortable for him to do. Yeah, and it, and and this, you know, kind of like uh, I Zombie a little bit. It gives him multiple things to do, where he has to play past versions of himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's not uh, always stuck in, you know, he's he has to play. He's playing himself, but he's playing himself differently now, after living two hundred years, than he's playing himself. You know, when he's only been around for, you know, where he's only been an immortal for a few years or something like that, and. Uh, <laughs> And at different times in his life. And so I I find that interesting, too, because it gives him, you know, multiple things to do in an episode as opposed to uh, just playing the same character week in, yeah. week out. So yep. that, that adds some interest to the show as well. But then I like those types of historical things where they draw in sort of things from the past. In this case, uh, you know, sort of like Sleepy Hollow bringing in past knowledge of things and talking about things but but he's talking about them sort of from a firsthand experience as opposed yeah. to as a historical thing <laughs> uh, those uh those can be fun uh as well but uh i'm i'm gonna you know i'll watch for the rest of the season it'll be interesting to see if it actually i mean it started out pretty well but uh i don't think it's been doing quite as well ratings wise towards uh, the end of the season here so it'll be interesting to see if it uh, makes it to another season yeah. Well, I hope it does. I, there's a lot. I think there's a lot they could do, a lot of stories they could tell. And I, it's fun. It's a fun little show. And 
and I enjoy it, and I'd be sad to see it go. All right. Uh, speaking of uh, fun little shows uh, that uh, have a little uh, play around with history a little bit, <laughs> the next show <laughs> on the list is uh, The Goldbergs, uh, Season 2, uh, Episode 16, uh, The Lost Boy. And uh, <laughs> I enjoyed the first season, but this is one where I just haven't been able to keep up with it this season. Uh, and uh, so I haven't been watching, but uh, uh, Liz and Sandrine, you've both been watching. Uh, Sandrine, what do you think about uh, the Goldbergs and, uh, you know, taking a trip back to the 80s? It's so easy to keep up with it, though, Jason. It's like 20 minutes. <laughs> 20 minute show. <laughs> I know, but it, I, I don't know why. I just I, I fell behind and then didn't have like I I didn't record them or something and then was behind and oh. got too far behind where it's too far to go back and really catch up and. And while you don't necessarily need to watch them in order because they're not exactly paying attention to them when things happened in the 80s, so I could watch the episodes at any time. I don't know. I just uh, – there's just a, a, a few comedies that sort of uh, – that I you know kind of kind of liked but just sort of dropped off a little bit this season where you know, while I was you know checking out you know some of the newer things like Blackish or uh, Fresh Off the Boat or something like that. Uh, but yeah – uh, it's it's one I'll probably go back and watch just because I'm sort of a child of the '80s, so I'm I, I'm interested in. I, I played with a lot of those toys that he played with you know? <laughs> back in uh, back in the day. But anyway, so what uh, what do you think about the show, Sandrine? Oh, I enjoy the show a lot. I just uh, I mean, I don't I can't relate to everything because I wasn't living in the U.S. when I was growing up, so I'm just like uh, okay, but. Um, just yeah, like it's fun. I just, a, I just love I pop just, culture history lesson. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, some of it I know, but some of it I'm like, no, doesn't mean anything to me. But I just, I think regardless, it's a fun show. It's cute. I mean, the mom is hilarious. Yeah. The kids are hilarious. I just, I, you know, it's one of those comedy shows that I just, as soon as it airs, I'll watch it because it's just so relaxing to me and just so makes me, puts me in a good mood. <laughs> well, that's always good. You can't, you can't beat that. <laughs> Especially from a comedy, you don't want to come away. Exactly. <laughs> you don't want to come away feeling sad. And how about you, Liz? What are you uh, thinking about the Goldbergs? Oh, it's one of my favorite shows. I, um, you know, and it does. It is a com comedy, so it does make you laugh. But you know what I love about it is it's every show, every episode has that heartwarming moment that. You know, just, you know, makes you stop and think or, you know, makes you, you know, tear up a little bit. It does for me, um, you know, and, and this The Lost Boy was no different. You know, um, I think that last scene where Adam runs to his dad and just starts crying. I was a I was a blubbering idiot. <laughs> Sobbing. I don't know why. It just the poor kid lost all day long I'm, I'm, and <laughs> I'm there with you I was like oh poor thing it was it was it was good and it was sad and it was not sad it was just touching it was a touching moment that's what it is and there's a lot of those on this show which is what um what I like so much about it it makes me laugh I love the pop culture of it all love it you know I mean <clears throat> I remember all that <laughs> 
I can't say I was a child of the 80s. I was, you know, a young woman of the 80s. But um, this is all fun stuff to me, all of it. <laughs> I love the when they go back and do stuff um, big like Ferris Bueller. You know, I mean, who doesn't know Ferris Bueller? I don't care what age you are, you know Ferris Bueller. So for them to do a show like that, and they do it, they're so spot on. And I don't know, Adam Goldberg, I think, is very brave to um, expose his personal youth (laughs) on this show and what a geeky dork he was. And, you know, it's, I don't know, I love it. It's just, it's. It's brilliant. I think it's brilliant. Well, the aspect I did like of the first season was the little clips at the end that showed yeah. that he still had like all these videotapes that he videoed from back in the day. Yeah. Uh, that, that it wasn't just – that that wasn't just uh, like a bit for the show. Like that mm-hmm. he really was basing it off of something and then uh, he was showing like a little clip of – of the actual thing that had happened that was very similar to something they did in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are very interesting, but yeah, on the, on the heartwarming front. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's, it's the wonder years, but set in, you know, set in the eighties basically. Yeah. So it sort of gives you that same, you know, a little bit of that same, uh, feeling. And it also feels, uh, at least it did in the first season, a lot like, you know, some of the classic, you know, sitcoms that have, that have a lot of fun, but there's, you know, there's a, you know, a life lesson along the way or something. Yeah. Uh, those are always uh, interesting. And the songs that they pick are great. <laughs> For each episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that, that's always good. That's what I really liked about uh, the show Hindsight uh, that played on VH1 was the 90s soundtrack because it, mm-hmm. you know, it go, jumps back to the 90s. And so it had a 90s soundtrack and then. But yeah, that's uh, that's where I know that I've I'm starting to feel old is that is that you know 80s and 90s are starting to be you know the oldie station <laughs> you know like on the radio <laughs> you're like you're like you like go to the radio and you're like wait there's a station in that plays nothing but music from the 90s or you know, <laughs> you're like they used to do that for you know like. There used to be the oldie station that played stuff from like the 50s and 60s. <laughs> and now they're playing stuff from the 80s and 90s. What's going on here? It was only 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> well, that's what well, that's what I was thinking with hindsight was that in the show, she's 45 and she jumps back to when she was 25. And all I was thinking is the show that basically – well, I'm not 45 now, but I'm pretty – I'm closer to that, uh, you know. But that it, it really was jumping back to a time where the characters are in their 20s in the middle of the 90s. And that's roughly where, you know, in the middle of the 90s, I was just into my 20s. So all of a sudden I was like, oh, my God, this show's jumping back and it's like 20 years. Uh, <laughs> I used to wear those clothes. I used to have that hairstyle. <laughs> uh, and that's the other good thing about the Goldbergs. It's just something that so many can relate to. Yeah, you know? even if you, I mean, yeah, even if you weren't, uh, you know, even like uh, Sandrine said, even if you're not connected to some of the pop culture stuff, uh, it's still just. It's a fun show. <laughs> it's still just a really good family comedy. Uh-huh. Which ABC seems to be doing. Uh, really well with <laughs> these days. They finally decided that, 
you know, we seem to be doing these pretty well. Why don't we just stick with that <laughs> instead of trying to do all these other things? Uh, while various things like, you know, happy endings and don't trust the bee and stuff were good in their own way, or, you know, I really liked happy endings, they didn't ever really fit with anything else they were doing. And so doing things like Blackish and Fresh Off the Boat, they fit right in with with the with modern family and the middle and and uh, you know it's so that i think they've really they've really sort of uh, uh hit on something there and they're they're doing a really good job uh of sort of giving you stuff that it's it's sort of sort of vintage in its uh in its sort of the way you know a vintage sitcom but then it also some of these like <laughs> fresh off the boat takes place in the 90s you know <laughs> The Goldbergs takes place in the eighties, uh, you know. So you you kind of are are actually hitting various different times and stuff. But uh, overall, they're just really solid family comedies. Mm-hmm. All right. With that, we'll move on to the next show on the list uh, that uh, we're all uh, that we're all watching, which is Grimm, uh, season four, episode fifteen, uh, Double Date. And uh, we'll start with you, Sandrine. What did it, what are you thinking about Grimm and? Uh, you know, Juliet being a hexed beast and everything they've got going on right now. Well, I'm loving Grimm this season, like seriously loving it. I just, I think ever since it came back in January, they've had strong episodes after strong episodes. And I'm loving the whole Juliet being a hexen beast because I always felt like she was just there and Nick's girlfriend. And that was about it. Like she didn't really have much to do. And then they give her like the best sort of power or thing. Now she's just like the most kick-ass character. Like she, she beat Adeline. Yeah. It's like, how much better do you get from that? And, <laughs> and like the one that was the professional assassin. And, yeah. And like, like, all these, she's just like, okay. yeah, she's, just, she's almost stronger than Nick at this point. It's like, she, she should be the grim or she should be like his case, his sidekick or something. I don't know. Apparently I, I the it. way she became a hexabeast is the way you want to become a hexabeast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How about you, Liz? Oh yeah, this is an excellent season. They're just, they just keep amping it up. And um, I agree. Uh, Juliet, she was, I was pretty much done with her. Like I was like tired of uh, what I don't you know just give her something to do or take her off the show because she was really kind of more of a distraction than anything and and boy did they ever she is like super hex and beast and you know I and I like I like that um, she's the the super to Nick's super grim you know it's kind of and they're both and they're mortal enemies. <laughs> I mean, how much can you twist and tie up a show? It's <laughs> it's wonderful. It's it's excellent, and they could go in any direction. You know, I at this point, I from personally, I I don't I don't need any romance as far as Nick and Juliet. I think that they are more interesting the way they are right now. They don't they don't live in a world where there's really time for romance with what they know and what they have to deal with. There's just no time for that. So um, I really love these two that are going to have to kind of, um, they're going to have to look at each other differently, decide if they're going to work together or not, and then decide who are they going to who are they going to be friends with? Who are they going to tell their secrets to? Juliet is going to Renard. 
So, I mean, and Nick. (laughs) Huh? She's going to Renard again. This is crazy. Again. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm okay with that. I know. I'm okay with it, too. (laughs) Well, well, you do do kind of get that, that, you know, that would be a place where she would go because, you know, it was (laughs) his mom and and, and stuff that – and what all that happened that he would have an idea of maybe, you know, like he tells her who to go go see and, you know, to find out more about it. It'll be interesting to see how I'm interested to see once like our how long before like Monroe and Rosalie, uh, you know, find uh, out. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what they're you know, what they'll think uh, ab- about that and. But I also like that they, you know, they showed in the previous episode that, you know, like the one, you know, Hex and Beast, you know, uh, Nick goes to see her and, you know, she kind of puts him under a little bit of a spell there for a second. And she's like, (laughs) and and Juliet's going to be even more powerful than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, (laughs) you know, uh, what kind of, you know, so that that adds definitely an interesting dynamic of... uh, and also, in the way that they they've they've gone about doing this, the you know sort of the stuff that they made up for <laughs> creating this is it was done in such a way where the blood of a grim can't take it away. Yeah, uh, because of uh, you know, it you know all the stuff that's gone into it with uh, Adeline having hers taken away and then her getting it back and then all the things that have gone through and so now it's like it's like so jumbled up. <laughs> Uh, that, it, that that won't work this you know this this time i'm also interested to see like where where they go with the you know, with adelaide being pregnant and it's from when she was pretending to with be juliet Nick. and she had a, and so i'm thinking like what what ends up how do you like what would a grim hexen beast like what kind of <laughs> what kind of being would that create like in yeah. the future Mhm. Yeah. Why did they do that? I have to know why did they do that? I'm not disappointed. I just have to know why did they do that? She just had a baby. So what and we don't even know what's going to happen with that baby. That baby has powers. Yeah, because yeah, because we already saw that they you know that baby had uh, abilities since it it has, you know, it was Hexed Beast and then also uh Zour Beast, but then also one with royal, you know, that has royal blood. Uh, mm-hmm. So there was a lot, you know, there was a lot in that mixture going on. Uh, <laughs> so it, will, what will happen, you know, with a with you know somebody that is a grim and uh, you know a hexed beast, uh, that would be a very interesting Thanksgiving interesting. dinner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested to find, you know, like is is Nick going to find out? Uh, I like that, you know, that Adeline was like. <laughs> I need to find a dude to sleep with pronto <laughs> so that I can make it seem like it was somebody else and not oh, Nick. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, that's only going to work for so long. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I thought. I was like, wait a minute. Wouldn't they be able to count? Like, wait a minute. Well, then you just say <laughs> the only well, – like, then, then you just say, oh, the baby's early by a couple of weeks. Yeah, but wouldn't the doctors <laughs> be like, no, really, it's on time. <laughs> you know, not even know. that, though, but, you know, the baby is a grim. So, oh, I mean, well, yeah, and then if it's a grim, then it's a whole other problem. Yeah, what? so it's just going to be so weird. What's Juliet going to do when she finds that one out? Oh, boy. 
<laughs> yeah, they've got a they've definitely got a lot to work with, and I I, I like the evolution of this show, uh, where you know it it really was sort of a case of the week, you know, creep of the week, you know, monster of the week, and they've really continued to expand the you know the overall story and the you know the background of the of the show and and uh, you know the mythology of the show as they've gone on from season to season and 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 this season they're just like we're just going full in pouring <laughs> it on like they're just pouring it on and they they and episodes just sort of end and and, and sort of pick up sometimes they pick up like right after that in the next episode uh and and you know while they might have gotten a little bit of some story that there was you know whatever the case was that week or something it's really become a you know like the overarching story has become much bigger part of of the show than it used to be mhm i think they finally got to you know i think a a season or you know into the second season they realized this is our this is the audience we have it's not going to really grow uh from here much uh so we're just going to we're just going to go full on in with the, with cuz the people that are watching are going to hang with us but you and know it's they, a good size it's a good size audience for a friday night yeah uh but but uh, some of it always some of that stuff of you know making sh- you know making sure that they have you know a story that's just for that week and 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 all you know trying to make more standalone episodes that's the thing that networks are finally kind of starting to see that that doesn't necessarily help. Mm-hmm. You know, you garner any other audience, especially when you have some sort of, uh, you know, some sort of a mythology based show or a sci-fi tin show or, or something uh, that the vast majority of the people that tune into that are tuning in because it has that aspect, not because it has a case that week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, the, the grander audience that you're trying to, they tune in and they would rather watch an NCIS because they don't need all this other side stuff really, you know, around the the thing. And so uh, doing the case of the week and just sticking with that alienates the people that are actually interested in your show. Yeah. Which are the people that are interested in these other elements and uh, these bigger st- potential stories and stuff. And so I think they sort of just jumped in on that. Uh, into season two and have just kind of kept the pedal to the metal in each season with just dropping in more and more stuff. And I like now that they sort of have, uh, uh, you know, that they, they let Wu in on it. They stop letting him <laughs> just freak out about everything. Because, you know, Cause after his, a while, reaction, <laughs> his reaction to stuff is just priceless. It's, it's more wonderful. Yeah, it's even better now that he knows what's going on. Yes. Yeah, I love Wu right now. I'm just like, I'm so glad they brought him in. <laughs> just makes his jokes better. are so much better. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Yeah, I just uh, I continue to continue to like Grim. Uh, it's been uh, it's been a, you know it's it's sort of uh, I think it also works. I like that the. I like that NBC uh, moved it up to the the eight o'clock hour or the seven o'clock hour if you're in the middle of the country somewhere. That uh, so it now doesn't it it sort of helps. You can go grim, twelve monkeys, you know, and whatever they're playing on sci-fi on that night, <laughs> and go for like a straight sci-fi three-hour block. 
of, yeah. uh, of stuff. So I, th- I think that uh, uh, that works pretty good, too. And with that, we'll move on to the uh, next show on the list, which is uh, Once Upon a Time. And uh, I stopped watching <laughs> partway through last season and started to catch up before this new season started. And then it just became there was too many other things and the potential of a frozen arc didn't really get me going on the show. And so I didn't watch the first part of the season and I haven't watched now that they finished sort of the frozen arc and uh, with what they're doing now from just a little bit I've seen is it they basically just have like every evil being (laughs) evil queen from everything on the show now or something. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've got, they've got Maleficent and uh, Ursula and Cruella DeVille. So, I mean, if you're going to go bad, I guess that's about (laughs) as bad as you can, you can get, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I'm so I'm so disappointed in this show right now that I don't know. I'm just really disappointed in it. I really feel like they're just reaching right now. And I, I don't as far as I'm concerned they won't they won't unless they come up with something magical, they'll never be able <laughs> they'll never be able to top the Peter Pan story. It's just that's when they peaked as far as I that's just my own personal opinion, probably based on what I like and what I don't like. I mean, no, I don't. You know, for me, it's I. I started off really loving the show, and I think I still enjoy it. I don't love it as much as I did at one one point, and I think I did love the Peter Pan storyline and everything like that. I think it's really hard to just keep it going, and but but I, I find that with Once Upon a Time, sometimes it's just kind of like, eh, it's okay, and then they have something that you're like, okay, now it's getting good again. So they keep, you know. They keep you in with having sort of this roller coaster of like, okay, it's not that great. Oh, it's good again. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, it's not good again. Oh my god. Oh my god. That's kind of how I feel about the show. <laughs> but it's just always good enough that I don't want to give up on it because I like this fairy tale and all of the idea, and I like the characters. So I'm like, okay, I still like the show. But I, I see what you're saying that it's just, it's not. I mean, it's. It, I mean, it's season four, and and the they kind of give you a lot of things every season. So it's hard to keep the show going and keep it at a certain level. And especially if you have like 20 plus episodes, mm-hmm. but I still enjoy it. I mean, it's, I, I, I was like Jason when, when they, when I found out they were going to do the frozen story, I thought, you know what? I, I really was kind of upset because for one thing, I didn't see Frozen. I don't plan on seeing Frozen. I don't care about Frozen because I was pretty much sick of Frozen before it even <laughs> opened in a theater near me. I had pretty much had enough of it and the songs. And I, I know everybody says it's cute. No, it's a good movie. I don't care. And for Once Upon a Time to take that story on, I felt like, I felt like it, it was a cheat. You know, I kind of felt like they were just doing it just to get on the bandwagon that everybody else was on. Yeah, that it was and so I, hot right now that might yeah. as well do it. Strike while the iron's hot. And I sort of get that idea. But the thing for me is I've never seen Frozen. But from what I understand, what people really, really liked about Frozen wasn't necessarily the story, but the songs. And that they were doing a Frozen arc and nobody was going to sing. And so <laughs> I was like, you're taking the 
half of the thing that wasn't really what people were into uh, well, and, to do on your and, show. And then also the characters that, I mean, personally, because I've seen Frozen, so I guess, um, and I loved it. But I think for me, the characters that I loved the best was like the Olaf, the the snow snow snowman right is that how you say it snowman guy mm-hmm. and then Sven yep. the the um, reindeer that he had is it a reindeer what is it is it a reindeer that he has maybe and then they the, didn't have know. those in the but show they don't have the well I mean they had they had his they had Sven in there but they didn't have this I don't remember having Olaf there and then it's it's not the same because they're cute because they're animated you know and you're like oh you make cute faces you like a cute little you know like <laughs> dog you know like a cute pet but then you're not gonna get that in the, um, in the show so yeah <laughs> you're leaving yeah. out the best part of it I feel <laughs> so uh here being in uh what are we uh, episode 17 uh here uh, best laid plans uh, so you know sandry what do you think that about you know what they're doing like right now and and where it looks to be headed for the rest of the you know to end out the season with the last what like uh five episodes well i just watched the this latest episode like right before recording this so what bugged me the most was why would um What's her name? I forgot her name now. I'm blanking. There's the too savior. many characters on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Emma. Why would Emma, Emma. Let, let the author out? Like, to me, that made no sense. I'm like, what? Like, um, August just tells her how, yeah, he was like a bad author and he kind of did crazy stuff. It's like, sure, let's let him out because I have questions. Like, really? Maybe you should think about it. Maybe you should just, you know, not just, I don't know. It just seemed like. We got to let the author out, so we'll just have her let him out without any reason to let him out. I don't know. What do you think, Liz? No, I agree. I, I kind of felt like, what, what kind of answers do you need? I don't really know. Um, they didn't really seem too important to you in previous seasons, <laughs> so I'm just not sure. I don't know what kind of answer she's looking for to what questions I don't know. She, I, I, I'm confused about that. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to keep watching because... Yeah, of course. I mean, like you, I loved the show from the beginning because I love fairy tales. It's what, I, it's what made me start watching it. It's what made me start watching Grimm. I love fairy tales. I always have. And so... But I'm. I feel like, I feel like they're starting to, um, like, just kind of regurgitate the same stories, and they don't need to because there's so many stories to tell, and there are so many um, fairy tale characters. Um, I know that everybody loves the co- the core characters on this show, Regina, uh, Rumpelstiltskin, um, but I I gotta be honest, if 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 they were to kill off one of the characters or both of those characters and bring in somebody else, we'd get over it. <laughs> we would be really sad, but I think we'd get over it if the, if it moved the story and it brought us into something else, something different. Because there's a whole lot of villains. And for them to make Regina now good just to me doesn't make any sense. She's she's the wicked she's the wicked witch from Snow White. I don't understand. So, you know, if it just feels to me like there's so many stories they could tell that they're not telling because they're afraid to. Yeah. 
I guess I don't have a problem with Regina being good now. I think my biggest issue with that is that why would she think she could convince the other people that she was bad again? I was like, obviously, Rumpelstiltskin knows that you're good now. Like, going <laughs> undercover, it just seemed like, really? That just yeah. doesn't seem like a good plan. <laughs> it was a little bit It was a little bit weak. So is that how the storyline has gone? Is, yes. Is, is the evil queen went good, and then at some point she decided to go undercover as evil? <laughs> yeah. Get in with the other evil queens? Yeah. To figure See, out talking what's, of, what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. See, talking about it, it's laughable. Yeah. Exactly. Jason is like, wait, wait, wait. So she's good, but she goes undercover and they do that again. It's like, yeah, that's I like what it. it is. Uh, I just like the idea of, of thinking it, of her going undercover as as evil. That just. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, what do you got to do to get in <laughs> to show that you're really evil? <laughs> That's the thing. I just, I was like, what if you know, if you know Regina, you're not going to believe that she's bad again. I don't know. It's just, I was like, Rumpelstiltskin would yeah, know that she's I, not evil. It just makes no sense. With it. I don't like what they've done with Rumpelstiltskin's character at all. I don't. Not at all. I'm very sad about that. Yeah. Yeah. He was getting good. And then it's like, oh, we need a villain. Let's make it bad again. But see, that's the thing. That's the whole thing. <laughs> they keep bringing back the, the – they don't need to do that. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've proven it just with this half of the season. They've, they've given us three, you know. Why yeah. not take one of those? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, why not just let Rumpelstiltskin and Belle go off and have their happy little, you know, happy ever after and bring in somebody else to take that spot? Because there's – obviously there's more. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't mind if I, I like kind of the struggle that Rumpelstiltskin has. So I don't want him to be like Regina, good, good. But I like that he's always struggling to be good. I don't mind that because then you have the you know sort of that dynamic, and so you're like, okay, well, he is bad, but he's trying to be good. But then to go back completely and be evil, I was like, wait. He had done so much progress. What happened? You know, why? Why isn't Bell enough? I don't get it. I know. Man, I hate when I, they fall they, off the wagon like that. It's they, like, yeah. <laughs> now yeah. they can start over from day one trying to be good again. And... <laughs> That's funny. He just got like his 90-day chip or something. And he was... yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Well, that's uh, that's once upon a time, and uh, we'll end the primetime segment with the last show on the list, which is The Walking Dead, uh, season five, episode sixteen, Conquer, which is the season finale. And uh, Sandrine, what do you think about uh, what went down in the final episode of uh, season five? Well. I have a love-hate relationship with Walking Dead because some episodes I just find really horrible and I'm just like, what is this? This is ridiculous. But some other episodes are just amazing. And I have to say, I actually quite like this season. I was really happy because I didn't have that many moments where I'm like, oh, this show is ridiculous. Why am I even watching this? But it was mostly, this show is really good. I'm really enjoying it right now. And that finale was actually pretty good. I... I watched it today or yesterday, and that was 
I'm just like, oh, damn them. Like the way they ended it with I th- Morgan, right? Yeah. Morgan coming back. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, they yeah, they bring Morgan back after you see that he's had a transformation since the last time you saw him where he was almost out of his mind to now he's in sure. the uh, life is precious. And I'm looking for the only person I know on earth. That's, you know, that Rick is actually like the only person that he knows, you know, his whole, his family's gone. He hasn't mm-hmm. you know, hooked up with any other groups or anything. And, and so he's looking for, he's had this big change and he shows up just as Rick shoots somebody in the head, you know? I know. Like, <laughs> so, you know, so yeah, that ended, that made for an interesting uh, ending. I wasn't sure. I was hoping that we were going to finally see Morgan because uh, they've hinted at him a couple times uh, throughout the season, and it just seemed like weird that they would do that mm-hmm. uh, and then not actually have him in any I, – because I, I was like – but and then on the other hand, I almost felt like we were going to get like an end tag where he had just uh, gotten a little bit closer finally mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, at the end or something and maybe would show up in the in the next season. Right. But they went the extra step and yeah, were like, they actually no, put him no. into yeah. the to the episode, and and a, a decent portion of it was him actually was was actually him. And uh, you know, I liked when he saved, uh, you know, Daryl and uh, yes. and Aaron, and you know, sort of Daryl's reaction to like seeing the map. He's like, wait, I've seen that map before, and and sort of uh, realizing uh, who that was. Uh, they finally gave you what the deal with was with all the W's on. All the walkers and this uh, a couple of, <laughs> got a couple of psychos here uh, that are basically created the ultimate trap with a hey look it's a f- building probably full of food no everything's full of zombies so you know that was you know they finally revealed that uh, they finally had you know came to a better understanding because I didn't particularly like how the last episode ended with really? I mean, with sort of well with Rick sort of freak out. Uh, I mean, I get that he was sort of why he was sort of freaking out, but it also bothers me when they sort of write towards he's he's there and he's telling them, you know, what what he thinks they need to know. But he's not actually telling them things like, you know, this guy's been beating his wife, right? <laughs> you you know, that right. The, you know, that the mayor or the lady in charge here has basically known that all along. And I, I you know, and so some of the stuff that he needed to be saying in that along with that they don't get, get what the world is like uh, now. And, you know, they need to, you know, which he finally comes to at the end. I mean, they were sort of saving it up for, uh, you know, the speech at the end of the, uh, the finale, but it, I, it bothers me in shows where you can purposely see that they're, that a character's like not saying things that he should be saying just so they can create this, need for a meeting and what are we going to do with Rick freaking out and, and, you know, and having a gun and, and whatnot. And where he should have been saying some of that stuff already, you know, instead of uh, waiting for it to come out in this meeting or other people to be talking about it, or, you know, like they separated uh, the guy uh, from his wife. And, and uh, so there's some of that stuff that bothered me in the previous episode, but I liked a lot of what they did in this in this episode. The stuff between Glenn and and the you know the 
the the the other guy that's basically gotten everybody else killed, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know, sort of wanting to get rid of Glenn before you know it. Everybody knows that he, he's the cause of all these problems and the sort of lacklusterness of making you know of how they treat stuff and Walker's actually getting into the place, uh, being the thing that kind of finally. Rick's able to go, look, <laughs> you guys got to be more vigilant. They're always going to get in or other people are going to want to take this place or uh, you can't just, uh, you know, sit back and think that these fences are, uh, you know, especially since you can just climb over them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so th- I think there was a lot of there was a lot of good stuff. And I like that Morgan finally got a big piece of it and is likely going to be in at least you know, the season premiere next year mm-hmm. uh, when they come back. Uh, what did, uh, you know, what did you think about uh, the various things? Did you think that uh, more people were going to end up dead? Uh, were you shocked at sort of which ones did end up dead and who didn't? Well, no, because I, I guess, I guess because they were staying in that place, I didn't really expect them to die that much this season. I don't know why, but they had a few deaths. Which made sense to me, but I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I I like when, I mean, I like, I enjoy, you know, being on the edge of my seat, not knowing if someone's going to die, but I felt like we had enough death or we have had enough death that we know, we know that it can happen and we don't need to be reminded. Yeah. There seemed to be the thing out there though, that there was like, that this was going to be like a really bloody finale. And while I guess there was a decent amount of blood, there was only really the one death yeah uh you know at the end uh which yeah. <laughs> which sort of put the i keep calling her the mayor or whatever she is you know, well, the i guess leader. there were two de- there were two deaths but one we didn't really know the guy that yeah there was the, the guy they were following there was the guy that they were following in the, yeah in the in the bright red poncho as uh as a uh, what's his name said on the, the Talking Dead afterwards? He might as well have just had a, a Star Trek insignia on his a Federation <laughs> insignia because he was the ultimate red shirt in the, in the episode. Um, yeah, that that person died, but the only sort of character that you had some bit was uh, the husband of the the leader of the place. But that was interesting to see, like <laughs> that put her over the edge. She was just like, "No, we're not going to kill people," and then. The guy slices his throat, and she just looks at Rick and goes, do it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but I think it also goes on top of him being like, you know, wake up. Time. Yeah. So it's just, you, it's just like guys, a wake up, and then on top it's like, here's just, a proof. That I just took a bunch of walkers. Up. I didn't bring yeah. them in. Somebody left the gate open, and, you know, you guys need to – yeah, you guys really need to buck up and get a little more vigilant here. Yeah, you got a great place, but if you don't actually protect it – Stuff stuff's going to go down. And, you know, so I, yeah, I think it was all of that kind of stuff. And I'm interested to see sort of the reaction of, you know, how that, uh, you know, how that goes down with Morgan, you know, showing up there at the end. But I think, but in that case also, though, you were pretty much like, they basically just executed a guy that just committed a murder that everybody saw happen. So it wasn't like previously where Rick was like, you know, he's beaten on her. I think we should just take him out. (laughs) That that was like a little far, but altogether, I thought that, uh, you know, that this, this show does have sort of a little bit of a roller coaster of how, uh, 
of how things work, uh, you know, how they, they do different types of episodes at different times and uh, the different ways they tell story. I'm interested to see a little bit more of a long-term, I hope, story arc with them here, you know, in Alexandria to see how that, how the two things mesh, mesh together. The, you know, the other people finally realizing that, you know, they've had it, they've been pretty lucky so far that, you know, once, once some people, you know, if, if people find out about this place or come across it, that, uh, you know, you're going to need to protect it. And, but then also how it works for some of the people that have been out there, you know, once they've been in a semi-safe environment again for uh, a little while, because they haven't really had that since a brief stint, you know, uh, of a little while at the prison, in, in in sort of the whole time since the thing has 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 gone down, there's just been that sort of brief little time. Uh, so I'd be interested to see how it affects these characters, how they interact in a semi-safe environment for a little while, which they sort of, they sort of kind of hurried through some of the, the various people freaking out about (laughs) it feeling so weird to be in sort of a safe spot. Uh, You know, with Rick going off the deep end, uh, they had, you know, with Sasha, and then also I like that they finally got around to the priest and that he's still, you know, he's still messed up from, back, from way back from all the people he let die to save himself. But even though he tries to kill himself, he just can't can't do it. Uh, so maybe there'll be some interesting stuff there uh, going forward. Uh, but but I but I agree with the. It it seemed like they were hitting that that like a lot of people that potentially there was going to be a lot of people dying or something, and I was just like they killed off like three characters like in this half of the season uh, or more. I can't remember exactly, but it seemed to, well, three of ones or two or three that have been around for a while. And, uh, you know, a couple others that we just met at the new place. So there had already been like a lot of, a lot of death this season of, of, of characters. So it did seem like uh, how, how many more could, are we going to kill off here in, uh, at the end of the season? Yep. But all in all, I think uh, a pretty a pretty solid season overall. I think. Look forward to uh, seeing where they come back uh, next fall. And uh, are you are you looking forward to uh, the Fear the Walking Dead uh, um, coming this I don't summer? Know much. I don't know much about it. I have to say, I haven't read much about it, so I don't really know what to expect from it. But all I know is it's a, it's a spinoff of The Walking Dead, so I mean I'll check it out. Yeah, the the only that from what I've read or seen about it, uh, it it looks like they're doing. I mean, it's in a completely take, different place. It's taking place in L.A., but it's starting from the very beginning of the outbreak. So you're not just going to see a different area of the country. You're also going to see the time period of what happened when this first started happening and how, you know, how people reacted to it and, and, and what went down. So they're going at it from a little bit different perspective. Cause you know, in this, you know, when Rick wakes up, it's already, uh, you know, it's already a decent bit past, you know, the outbreaks happened pretty much, you know, and uh, <laughs> lots of killing and, and stuff has gone down and there's not a lot of people around and, and uh, you just sort of pick up from there. And so it looks like they're going to go back and, 
sort of show you what happened uh, as it, the beginnings of the outbreak, which uh, at least they're coming at it from a different – I think that's interesting instead of just doing the, like the exact same thing with a different group of characters in another place of coming at it from a different angle. I suppose at some point, uh, you know, the storytelling could sort of catch up. You'll be in the same, you know, a couple of years in, you'll be in sort of the same place uh, where L.A. is a little more desolate and lots of things have happened. But I think that's a, I'll watch it. Yeah, <laughs> see definitely. What, see what happens this summer. All right. We'll move on from the primetime segment to uh, TV recommendations. I don't particularly have one this week, uh, but uh, Liz has got uh, a recommendation and uh, what, what is that, Liz? Yes. Um, starting this Saturday, um, their Hallmark Channel is kicking off a series of movies created by the um, author of the Sookie Stackhouse books and True Blood, Charlene Harris. Um, these are the Aurora Tea Garden mysteries. And the first one is called A Bone to Pick. And it's going to be – it's going to air on Hallmark – uh, movie and mystery, as well as the Hallmark Channel, so simulcast both um, Saturday. They're they're worth a look. Um, it's going to star Candace Cameron Bure. I don't remember who else, <laughs> but um, I read all these books. They're fun. They're good reads. Uh, she's a, a cute character. Um, it's it's. Um, I mean, it's it's a typical Hallmark type of of movie and i'm just glad that um they were able to bring it to the screen because it's definitely not Sookie stackhouse <laughs> no, there is no, like no there's no <laughs> no supernatural at all none she's just aurora tea garden is just she's a um, girl who works in a library and she likes to solve mysteries so it's fun check it out all right and uh, sandrine you have a, a recommendation as well yeah, I mean, I guess my recommendation would be uh, Netflix's Unbreakable Kimi Schmidt because it's so funny. Um, I think it was supposed to be airing on NBC, but Netflix ended up buying it. And they just put the entire season online, I mean, on Netflix. And it's just perfect because once you start watching it, you pretty much want to watch it all. So I hope there's a new season. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but. Yeah, there's going to be another season really of it. funny. There is. Yeah, they when Netflix picked it up, they picked up. They didn't just uh, pick buy the season that was already created for NBC. They also bought a second season of it. So oh, I'm excited. There's at least going to be another season of it. Uh, I'm actually interested to see how the show changes when they can act when they they can do stuff without having to worry about what. NBC or network censors or anything like that would uh, if they if that changes the show up any. Right. Well, I thought uh, it was already pretty great. So, and I think being able to watch it back to back definitely helps in keeping sort of that momentum of like, oh, I, I like how the story is going. You know how we were talking about watching binge watching and how you know you might dismiss if one episode is not as good because you have the next one. <laughs> you just go right into the next it's just, one. It's just. That's that's what happened. By the end, I was like, "Oh, it's done." <laughs> yeah, that is, and it's uh, easy to watch. It's only half hour. It's a comedy half hour show, so it's yeah. And so yeah, well, it, it ends up with the, since it was built to be a half hour, you know, network show. The running times are only like twenty one, twenty two minutes. So 
it can just uh, you can just zip right by. I've only seen the first three so far, but yeah, if you like Tina Fey and uh, her writing style, you know, like Thirty Rock. I, I've said it previously. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt feels like it's taking place in the same world as as Thirty Rock, like it's taking place in the same New York that you know, that, that that Thirty Rock took place in. And uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely one uh, one worth checking out. That uh, I, I'm trying to get back to to watch the rest of it. Do it, do uh, it. But yeah, there will be uh, a, a second season. But uh, that's also a thing with the Netflix. Uh, we talked about it a little bit, I think, last week. I can't remember if it was last week or previously on uh, the podcast about when they drop a whole show and you, like, watch it over the weekend. It's literally going to be, like, a year until you get another season. Yeah. <laughs> like, at least when there's a 13-episode show and you watch it over 13 weeks, at least it's less than a year before the show starts back That's up again. Where you have to – There's, the, but then you're like, oh, I don't want to wait week to week. But then when you watch it all – in just a few days, then, you know, a little less of something like a comedy, but with some of their shows that, uh, you know, like a house of cards or something that has more of a overarching story and you watch it all. And, and then a year later, you're like, wait, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> in, but in I do that one. even with shows that air on weekly basis. So I don't yeah, think you forget me anyway. So yeah, there's a, that's, that's an interesting uh, little bit for, you know, when shows drop on Netflix, but uh, all right, that's uh that's the recommendation segment. And uh, uh, with that, uh, you can uh, we'll have uh, links to where you can find Liz and uh, Sandrine's recommendations, as well as uh, where you can uh, find them and their uh, websites and uh, uh, various uh, videos and whatnot uh, online uh, in the show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 268. Uh, also, as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, if you'd like to join us as a guest, uh, come on and talk a little uh, TV uh, with us in April. Uh, send us an email at feedback at TV Times 3 or just drop me an email uh, at Jason at TV Times 3. Either way, they're both coming to the same place. Uh, but uh, there's a, we got a couple of Mondays left uh, to fill out. And then uh, next week, uh, Amory will be back with me and uh, Carissa Pavlika from TVFanatic.com will be uh, our guest. And uh, with that, the opening and closing music is provided by IODA Promonet. The song is TV Party by the Asylum Street Spankers from their Mercurial title put out by Yellow Dog Records. And uh, thank you once again, Liz and Sandrine, for joining me on episode 268. Thank Thanks, you. Jason. We sit glued to the TV set all night and every night. Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright. We got nothing better to do. Watch TV and have a couple of...